Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome in to Strategic Planning Podcast. Thanks for tuning in as Mike and I talk about investing, finance, and retirement. What is going on, my friend? How are you this week? I'm doing well. Um, we are in the midst of some excitement. My youngest daughter is in the hospital uh, working on delivering her third baby. Nice. And a uh, little girl uh, they're expecting here, Cora Jane. Oh, that's and, cute. Um, so they're, uh, they're, they're in there. And we got a picture of her a little while ago that uh, her husband took over and texted over. And the nice thing was she was standing up next to the bed smiling. Okay. Well, good. That's always a good sign. So it sounds like labor's going okay. I think it's going slower than she would like, but it's not uh, difficult at this right, point. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like you said, it's okay. Right. It's never, you know, <laughs> there's, there's definitely parts of it that aren't fun, obviously. That's but, right. Uh, Nothing I would want to do. Exactly. So. Well, you know, actually kudos and congratulations. So this, you said this yeah. is her third. So uh, yep. how many grandchildren there for grandpa Flanders? Well, this will be number 15. So we're 15. Excited. Yeah. Holy. Wow. Get up to that even number again. Um, well, it's not, a, it's an odd number, but it's, yeah, right. you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a round number. There you go. Man, 15. I mean, I imagine when you guys all get together, that is quite the party. It is a uh, house full and it is, um, three ring circuits <laughs> doesn't uh, even begin to explain it. I bet. I bet. What's the oldest grandchild? A 12. 12. Okay. All right. Yeah. So 12 down to basically uh, zero <laughs> or zero. one day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, yeah, the, I tell uh, you what. There's uh, three of them that are two, and then it goes up from there. There's uh, a set of twins there in, at the two-year oh, age. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys violate, you know, what is it, COVID restrictions of gatherings of more than 10 people uh, on your own. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just being in existence, right? <laughs> well, congratulations and kudos. Uh, thank you. I hope yeah. everything comes out well. Wow, fifteen—that is—that's going to mess with me for a while. Well, <laughs> we should probably jump our, our attention into our topic here on the uh, on the podcast. Actually, you know, fortuitous timing since today we're going to talk about financial issues, particularly challenging for women. So, uh, uh, yeah. with the spirit of your your daughter and uh, and soon to be granddaughter. Uh, yeah. In mind, we'll talk about now. They'll, they'll be a long way away from having some of these particular financial challenges, but we'll still talk about these anyway. Obviously, this is going to be a little bit more geared, geared towards uh, pre-retirees or retirees when it comes to mm. issues for women. But many of these issues, Mike, as you know, you know, there's so many things that impact us all the same. But of course, as we say all the time, there's all the little varying pieces of each puzzle, right? That changes from person to person that makes mm. every situation unique. So let's look at some financial and retirement challenges for women that are kind of unique, I think. At least I think anyway. You tell me since you're the pro at this. What yeah. level, um, in general, I just ballpark it for me. What level of engagement do you find, Mike, that most women have in the retirement planning process? And has it changed over the years? Yeah. Um, and, and I'll say, you know, just to back up a second sure. to what you were saying about my daughter and granddaughter here, you know, and it's their ways off, but, you know, really quite frankly, right now uh -huh. is a great time for them to be preparing. So these issues that we might talk about here, because some things come to mind, uh, okay. Fair that, point. that, you know, they could be prepared and not have to deal with some of these things or at least deal with them a lot. They'll deal with them, but they'll be a lot easier. Okay. Uh, Fair point. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, there, there, you know, when, when you say in general, what level of engagement do you find? Well, it's all over the board. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll say this, the, the uh, vast propensity is that men tend to dominate the process, the financial process in the family. And, um, that I find that uh, to be pretty much the case, unless the wife has specific educational background, work uh, history, edu- experience, what have you, around finances and and, is, and, and enjoys it. Otherwise, uh, the the husband typically is the one that is um, running the show, so to speak, uh, making a lot of the detailed decisions. Maybe maybe there's there's discussion. Uh, to some level about the overall objectives and that sort of thing, but he's pretty much implementing for the most part. And so the women will tend to over time, just gradually pull back or not engage. And um, that's why I love the financial planning process because it's a chance to bring them into the game. And it's really funny how eye opening it often is to a husband to see how astute their wives are about financial things without having been involved in all the trenches that they've been in. <laughs> right. Right. They just learn things. They see things. They're great observers for the most part. Women are, uh, see a lot more than we as men tend to. And, um, uh, you know, just, uh, that's just a general observation. They okay. can be very helpful to the process. Well, so. you know, and, and it's, and it's kind of interesting because, it has tended to be the norm, and, and I guess it shouldn't, you know, without trying to, you know, not trying to stereotype too much, but, right. you know, let's just say seven times out of 10 or so, it's it's probably uh-huh. been the situation where uh, the husband is, is kind of led that charge. Now, there are definitely households where, and it, it, even in that same conversation, though, probably growing up and, ra- or I guess, raising the family, I shouldn't say <laughs> growing up, but raising the family, a lot of times it might have been the other way because uh, the wife and the mom is the one making the budget, planning for how to, you know, how they're going to spend things for, you know, sh- shopping and groceries and kids clothes and school and all that kind of stuff so it's interesting how the dynamic probably through the relationship shifts back and forth a bit and i wonder if that's why so many women in general or just i guess again seven times out of ten we'll say that are increasingly you know kind of find themselves in a difficult situation because often as the numbers dictate mike men pass away first and so if they're doing the lead kind of uh if they're kind of leading the sled if you will in the financial arena for retirement that's why we see so many ladies behind the eight ball when it comes to, you know, their husband passing on and now they've got to kind of scramble. Yeah. So many women, um, you know, they face the shock, of course, of losing the spouse and then, you know, trying to get their hands around where things are, where, where their husband was in the process of certain decisions or, or investments or what have you. But, um, you know, just putting that aside, uh, they're living longer lives, and and there's that concern: Am I going to run out of money? Um, another thing I find that uh, where there's financial difficulties that kind of they get into situations like that is um, they have children that they help maybe more than they should, and to their own detriment. Oh yeah, mothers uh, love and they want to give, and if kids ask um, or have needs and things like that, or have wants that they present as needs, maybe, right. uh, you know, sometimes that can um, cause a, 
a mother to spend money maybe in a way that she shouldn't, that would impact her uh, financially in the long run. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, here's one thing I've seen sometimes uh, that has has had an impact on financial difficulties later on is um, spending a a little more freely than maybe they should early in retirement and therefore kind of knocking the pot of money down a little faster than it would have uh, been best to do. And then they don't have that uh, resource to generate the income that they'll need for the long run, particularly if facing uh, health issues and the need for care and things like that. Right. And we've talked about before in, in other conversations with, you know, kind of a different topic point that, you know, the the misnomer is those that we'll spend less money when we get to retirement, you know, mm-hmm. we're, and that's often not the case in the early years, you know, as they call them, the go-go years, you're actually probably going to spend more. If you were basing that off of, I'm going to spend less than what my normal in, you know, budget would have been when I was working, right. you're often wrong because now you're, you're well, pr- <laughs> except for COVID, <laughs> you're hoping yeah. to, you're hoping to get out and go and enjoy that. So you're doing those go-go years together. And then maybe to that point, yeah, the husband might pass away first. And now as things start to slow down and now some of those uh, medical bills start to kind of come in, it often kind of puts us uh, in that tough situation. And that's typically a lot of the challenges that widowed women face. I would imagine, Mike, is that often, especially if the husband wound up having some sort of a long-term care event, boy, that can really leave the uh, leave the wife in a lurch. Yeah, it does. I mean, just the the impact of having to take over and like maybe paying the bills if the husband's been the one doing that. And now you've got all these hospital and doctor bills. If there was a last illness or a, a long-term care expense, the care of, uh, or, or the cost of caregivers coming in or being in a nursing home or what have you, you know, taking that over and then having to absorb that into the budget and deal with it. Maybe if it's not been something you've been having to do, that can be pretty tough. And and sometimes that's happening while the spouse is still living because they're having to take over that now that they can't, that the the sick spouse can't do it. And uh, boy, that is a, a big weight having to care for somebody, be with them, and then also handle new things that they're not familiar with. But yeah, that 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 shock of the uh, first experience with bills and then investment accounts. What in the world have I got here? Banking relationships and that sort of thing. You know, another thing that uh, is a specific challenge that widows often will face is what do I need to keep? What do I need to get rid of? Uh, There's usually papers and things that they're just unfamiliar. And I don't know what's important and what's not. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm afraid to throw anything away. So I need someone to help me with that. And the kids can often do that. Uh, we love doing that kind of thing because I tell you what, it, it feels good to get rid of stuff that's unnecessary. Oh, man. Doesn't it? I think we all kind of like that. It's like it's, we find ourselves sometimes you collect stuff and you collect stuff. And then, I don't know, like a purge feeling comes over. Exactly. And you're like, I have got to get rid of some of this junk. Cleansing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, go ahead. Along Sorry. with organizing financial things too, but then here's a big one: is that first tax return? Mm. What in the world do I get together for the tax return? So if these are things that they haven't been doing, haven't had familiarity with, right? Uh, they can be really um, stressful and and quite challenging, um, and it needs some help. Well, you know, and that's a good point about the taxes too, especially if you, you know, if you're now finding yourself as, as a widow, because often what gets overlooked, and this is a big piece that winds up falling through the cracks initially, is what it does to your tax rate and your and the setup because you've been married filing, prob- you know, jointly probably for, let's say you've been fortunate 20, 30, 40 years or whatever that you've been married. And now all of a sudden you've got to file single. 
and it throws you into a higher tax bracket. And that's, right. like, you know, that comes out of left field for most people. So, uh, exactly. When, so there's just, and yeah, a lot of little pieces like that. It, it is. And, and certain moves you might make with some investments that maybe you're advised to do or what have you can generate situations where uh, maybe the best move isn't made from a tax standpoint, just from lack of knowledge of how taxes work. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Investments or buying investments or things like that. So it's, it's a lot of pieces that need to be coordinated. Well, I want to circle back to something you said earlier that, that again, not, not to stereotype, but often it's the men who kind of lead the, the dynamic when it comes to the couples coming in for the financial planning and all that. So, you know, so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. you said that often the ladies are quite astute and they wind up uh, you know, you know, gaining that ground and that knowledge very quickly. So if you could yeah. speak specifically to husbands out there, what are some things you would encourage them to do? Because you mentioned the fact that you you really enjoy having the couples together so that both people are, you know, are on the same, you know, playing field. They understand what's going on so that, the you know, that they don't leave a mess behind for their wives to have to clean up. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the goal, isn't it? Uh, I, I can remember multiple times when we've been doing uh, seminars and things like that and have a couple come to the seminar and afterwards uh, the, they'll make an appointment or something like that with us. We'll sit down and the husband will tell me, I've been looking for someone that I can engage with, that I can trust, and that um, will be able to be here in the event I pass away first and help my wife. And uh, boy, that's that's music to my ears that a guy wants to do that kind of thing, to set that kind of relationship in place so the wife has comfort with the person that she's going to deal with after her husband's gone. Oh, so yeah, because that goes a long way. Definitely. It, it does. And that's that's a huge thing. So, you know, the first thing I'd say is get a, a good financial advisor in your life that your wife knows and, and she's familiar with and, and they meet, uh, you know, the three of you and that sort of thing so that... Uh, she knows how things are operating and that will help you in terms of communicating and transferring knowledge to her. Mm-hmm. So uh, continuing to speak to husbands, I'd say, make sure about your estate plan, check beneficiaries on life insurance and, and IRA and 401k accounts and all that kind of stuff. Make sure it coordinates with your estate plan. I've had situations where uh, someone had a trust done and um, they had had that done. And for whatever reason, the attorney that they chose didn't also do their will. And then when you looked at their will, it said to do one thing and the trust said do another thing. You want to get a coordinated estate plan where you make sure that what you're thinking is going to happen is really going to happen because um, I've helped some people in the last year or two with situations where those things were not handled properly and the wife did not get all the money. It uh, got divided up and uh, went other places because okay, of yeah. errors in estate planning. And that can be really, really sad uh, and, and, and put us put an undue and unneeded stress on the wife. But um, yeah, get the estate plan in place. Make sure that you have the assets that are going to be there, the income streams that are going to be there that are adequate for her. And if you don't have it enough there for her after your passing and you lose certain things like Social Security, half this or a portion of the Social Security goes away and, right. and other things, maybe in any way, pensions and things like that. And I'll talk about a, a story right there in just a minute. But sure. get enough life insurance to fill that gap. You know, make sure you've got that handled until you can get the gap filled with actual assets. Um, but, yeah, I had someone uh, this last year that uh, we had attempted to have an engagement with with them while the husband was living, had no idea he was going to die in just about a year and a half from the time we first met. Okay. And he resisted because he said he had everything under control. Well, when he passed away, she came back to us for the uh, probate on the, his estate. They were estate planning clients of the law firm that we were engaged with. And um, 
found out that he had elected a life, a straight life income on his pension. And so his pension uh, went away. Yep. Uh, his social security went away because she has a pension from teaching in a school system where they did not pay into social security. And so a little, un, uh, little known thing called a government pension offset came into play and eliminated him, his social security from continuing to oh, her. Wow. Her income got cut by over 67%. Eww. And, um, so that was quite a shock. And she was uh, in um, a situation where she had a home care person coming in every day of the week to help her. So she's got to handle that along with this other stuff. And it was simply because the husband thought he had it all under control and resisted getting someone to come in and take a look at things and just make sure what wow. would happen. You know, and, you know, and I think that's why it's so important, especially in the modern era, you know, and I get that that's kind of was the norm, you know, for a long time. But, yeah. you know, both parties should be involved. Uh, both parties should have at least a decent understanding of what they have and what's going to be the setup. And then also, to your point, you know, you mentioned earlier about the emotional. Obviously, clearly, it's an emotional thing when you lose a spouse. So yeah. having a person in your that third party person like yourself, Mike, as an advisor for whomever passes first to turn to is a great resource because, you you know, okay, in this scenario, have we been talking? Oftentimes it is the man that passes first. So the wife says, okay, I can pick up the phone and call Mike Flanders and say, Mike, you know, this is what's happened. You know, I, I'm, you know, obviously I'm an emotional wreck, but we need to start working through these pieces. And mm. you have a lot of that data already. You know, you'll have a lot of that information yeah. available for him. So yeah, exactly. Makes it, it a lot it easier. It just makes it a lot easier. Right. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, that's one of the reasons why you want to work with a financial advisor. And again, there's different kinds of advisors. So as we wrap this up, because we want to try to keep these under 20, I'll say this, you know, when you're talking about an advisor, you're not talking about just a broker. When you're talking about getting towards retirement age, having an advisor that's really kind of, you know, um, you have a relationship with, not just a, hey, buy this stock and sell that and so on and so forth. As Mike, and we've talked many times here on the podcast over our, our many, many episodes, is relationship building. It's just, you know, that just goes a long way in kind of having that extra little layer of comfort, you know, when things turn, uh, you know, down. And and eventually, and unfortunately, it's the nature of the business, right, Mike? I mean, you're going to lose, going to lose clients. That's, that's yeah. the downside of your business. It is. It's a sad part of it, uh, but it can be also an exciting time for, um, you know, getting things organized in a, a new way and kind of a new start with a, a life that's different. It's, it, it's, there's grieving, there's that sort of thing, but you do move on. And so there's that, you know, pleasure of getting things in order for that person that's going to continue the family and have their. That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not something you look forward to, obviously, but, <laughs> right, uh, but none of us are making it, <laughs> but nobody's leaving here, um, you know, alive. And right. so you, know, you want to plan for it so that it isn't, uh, it, it's really funny. I, I have a, a good long-term friend and client that he said, uh, one time to me, I asked him and said, uh, why do you have so much life insurance? And he said, because the day I die, I want it to be one of the happiest days of my of my family's life. Interesting, <laughs> getting That's, all yeah. this money, and uh, kind of a funny way to look at it. And I thought it was hilarious, but um, you but know, you know what? That's his thing, right? And so that's and his thing, right? Exactly. And obviously, the family would say we'd rather have him for more time. But Absolutely. I get what he's saying. You know, right. he knows he's going to go at some point. So 
why not, you know, do, you know, leave them this gift that he can do. Yep. All right. Well, there you yep. go. Well, folks, that's going to do it for this week on the podcast. So definitely, uh, again, kudos to the granddaughter or the daughter and the granddaughter on the way. And, yeah. uh, and if you've got questions when it comes to retirement planning, especially some of the challenges that women face, make sure you reach out to Mike or a qualified professional before you take any action, but make sure you do have those plans in place and go as a team. 336-668-4338 is how you can talk to Mike. 336-668-4338. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or other platforms. And uh, stop by and see him at his website at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. And we'll talk to you next time here on Strategic Planning. Mike, take care, my friend. Thank you so much, Mark. We'll see you next time right here on the podcast, folks. Stay safe and stay sane. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.